Lance, this without a doubt is going to be my most important match. Being a world champion these last several weeks has brought a lot of different thoughts to my mind and the fact that there are a lot of other contenders out there. And that's why that stipulation was put in, Ric Flair's last chance. Mm -hmm. We've got three ex-world champions around the ring acting as judges to, to eliminate any kind of controversial one, two, threes that might happen when this match ends. But I will say this, Ric Flair, you are probably the greatest of all the world champions ever. Whoever comes out the winner tonight, I will shake your hand, tip my hat. But I will say this, I'm in the best shape of my life. I've heard through the grapevine that you have trained for hours to be in the best shape of yours. Let there be no excuses. Let the reigning world champion come out in this Nashville show. I'll see you there in the squared circle, Flair. Hello and welcome to another episode of By God Almighty! By God Almighty! By God Almighty! The show where we crack open some really lovely cans. Oh, that was lovely. That was very nice. And have a chat about pro wrestling of yesteryear, one pay-per-view at a time. My name is Graeme, and as always, I am joined by... I haven't come up with a nickname or a joke this okay, time. The, so the Dynamic Dudes. Oh, the Dynamic Dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Shit. Right, it's the Dynamic Dudes. Dave. How are you doing? And Dermot. How are you? Very... That was good, yeah. yeah I wish yeah. you had haircuts like that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> me too, me too. Yeah. Uh, so this time around we are at Wrestle War eighty nine by WCW. Uh, any thoughts going in, lads? Like we, I'd never even really heard of it or anything. No, we didn't either. know there was such a thing as a all, Wrestle all, War. All, all we knew was there was a Flair Steamboat rematch. So yep. that, that, that was enough. That was yeah, enough. that was enough to sell it to you. Yeah. That and Cheeky Baby, I was sold. Oh, oh yes, Cheeky Baby's return, of we'll course. We'll talk about that. Oh, now. we will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we've nothing really more. To, oh well, I'd like to uh, let's take a moment here for the passing of. Shabo uh, Guerrero Sr. Yes. George the Animal Steel, and to a lesser extent, Nicole Bass, but she was still a performer within the professional wrestling industry. Mm. So sad to. Yeah, very, yeah. very sad week, in all fairness. Can I also say weeks. that, like, George the Animal Steel was 79. Yeah. He looked 79 at WrestleMania, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be fair, like. He's ageless. In terms of wrestler deaths, like, both George the Animal Steel and even Shabo Sr. had a decent, like, Lifespan. They did well. A lot of them, yeah. like, oh, they did. They well, they did. They, well Shavo Senior was. Do you know what age he was when he passed? Was he in the sixties? No. Yeah, late sixties well, is quite young in this. It, thing. It's, yeah. it's it's but young compared way, to wrestlers. Yeah. Wrestlers yeah. old. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. grand. Like. And he. he ugh, this sounds horrible, but he at least died of a normal th- like he got yeah, pancreatic yeah. cancer i believe or something like that well, or it? liver cancer yeah maybe yeah, so it wasn't kind of it wasn't because he was a juice head or yeah, coke fiend yeah. or something terrible like that it was you know life life yeah. life yeah. thrown as, it, as it happens yes anyway back to something a bit more pleasant pleasant well, we'll, we'll some, see about some. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's wcw wrestle 89 music city showdown It's Wrestle War 89. Hello again. 
May 7th, 1989 from the Nashville Municipal Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee with an attendance of 5,200. We're welcomed by tonight's commentary team, Jim Ross and Bob Coddle. Fucking Bob Coddle, eh? I thought he's My a golly gosh, it's great to be here, Jim. <laughs> that was a really good impression. It really was, yeah. 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 I think he's improved, but he's still terrible. <laughs> yeah, he's... Um, what did you make of the production? Uh, yeah, they really liked the production. Really yeah. liked it. Really yeah. liked. I was really impressed with like the the pyro and the fireworks, and they even had like fireworks over the yeah. over the ring. That was we're deadly. Definitely going from NWA towards WCW. Yeah, you now. can see all the the, the dollars kind the of dollars. Yeah. rolling Indeed. in. Yes, the country gospel t- uh, band, the Oak Ridge Boys, sing the national anthem, and we're starting it early. Two out of four of them have mullets. Yes. <laughs> oh, I didn't even <laughs> them. Holy shit. So that's two on the board already before a match has even begun. And let me tell you, those not, not, a, not a bad set of pipes on the oh, nice. <laughs> That lad who has the, I don't know, is it called, what's the bass vocalist called uh, generally? The tenor or is it baritone? Baritone, baritone I think. Yeah, yeah Jesus. Yeah. Those were some smooth tones nice. rolling it off. It was nice. Yeah. Yes. Especially compared to the fucking stuff that we've been listening for the past few episodes. Rock and Robin. America. <laughs> Mean Gene. <laughs> years no, I, I, yeah. I honestly was a little bit disappointed that the WWE Network cut out their musical performance later on in the night. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, but I'd say if you watched that, you would have been the opposite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Jim Ross tells us that the NWA has stepped in and removed the hair versus hair stipulation from the US tag team title match later on in the show. What was the reason? I don't know. I, I did a Googled as best I could Google, but literally, I don't know if they tried to. They just slapped that on to try and sell more pay-per-view boys and then just took it off. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But anyway, Jim Ross runs us down the card. Yeah. And you'll notice that he says our opening contest is the Great Muta versus the Junkyard Dog. Yes. However. Disgusted when I saw that, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was going to puke my ring up. But instead, we get Doug Gilbert versus the Great Muta. Yeah. So I'll give a background on these two lads, I may as well. Before, we'll, we'll discuss why JYD. Oh, that's what I was about. At the end. Yeah. Okay. So Gilbert is the younger brother of Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. Mm-hmm. He debuted in 1986 and mainly wrestled just as a jobber around various territories at this point. The Great Muta, real name, I could be butchering this, Keiji Muto, was trained in New Japan Dojo by Antonio Inoki and Hiro Matsuda and debuted in 1984. At this stage in his career, he's a one-time IWGP Tag Team Champion and also had stints in World Wrestling Council in Puerto Rico and the Von Erichs World Class Territory in Texas. He debuted on the March 18th episode of WCW Saturday Night as the Great Muta, billed as the son of the Great Kabuki, another Japanese wrestler who was successful in the US in the 70s and 80s to try and help him get over with American audiences. Any guesses who he wrestled in his first match under the Great Muta gimmick? Would you like a clue? I'll ask the question again with a clue involved. Any guesses who the fuck he wrestled in his very first match? Nikita Fukov? No, no. Oh. Who the fuck? Who the fuck? <laughs> Casey. Scott Casey. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I completely forgot that guy existed. Yeah. <laughs> who? Yeah, exactly. Who the fuck? Yeah, when his very first match under the Mutal well, gimmick was against one, one, no the way. one and only Scott <laughs> the one Casey. And only, the world-renowned Scott Casey. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, there's no... Well, there was a background in that there was a small uh, feud between... Muta and Junkyard Dog, but that obviously is not going to come to a head here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Muta starts with a pre-match ritual and flattens Gilbert with a series of martial arts kicks before blowing green mist into the air, which gets over with the crowd. 
He tosses Gilbert outside, rams him into the ring post before bringing it back inside and unleashing more kicks. Gilbert fights back with a crossbody and a clothesline, making Muta leave the ring to break momentum. Back inside, Muta rakes Gilbert's eyes, then hits his patented flashing elbow drop and handspring back elbow in the corner. First before, time we've seen that, I think. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, before applying a nerve hold. Gilbert fights out and slams Muta's face into the canvas, but it has no effect. Muta hits a backbreaker and goes for a moonsault. Gilbert moves, but Muta lands on his feet, drop kicks Gilbert out of the ring and follows up with a huge planche to the yeah. outside. Mm-hmm. Back in the ring, Muta hits the backbreaker again and this time lands the moonsault to win the match in 3 minutes and 3 seconds. A fine opener for Fuck a squashy... Yeah, ju- yeah, yeah, it was yeah, indeed. It yeah. was essentially just a showcase for Muta and yeah, he got definitely. across all of his like, big spots. You, what percentage do you think Doug Gilbert improved on if it had been John Gare Dog? Oh. I'd say at least 100%. Yeah. So like he was like twice as better. Yeah. You know, it was like, I'd say Doug Gilbert is a career jobber but he can... Yeah, he can work a match. He can work a match. Yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. yeah. And the moonsaults were nice. I thought it was nice to see kind of really well yeah. executed moonsaults, which is something that we haven't really been seeing too much of. Like I, I know we saw Shawn Michaels doing. It was. Like, it was, and it wasn't even that. It great. wasn't straight. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know? wasn't it? Yeah. Like these were like perfect. Yeah. Oh, they're and one Milan just the, the like the martial arts strikes. I know we see guys educated feet. Yeah, you know, like. Uh, <laughs> Stan Lane and all but these are actual mar- yeah, like they look yeah, legit yeah. like it's pretty and the green mist at the start and the and red, red mist at the end red. yeah that was pretty cool it was a very unique yeah, character yeah, yeah. definitely far ahead of his time from anything else that we've seen up to now mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it was like it was a good squash yeah got him over good, yeah. did yeah, everything he needed for, for, a, for yeah. an opener that was a squash match did the job yep. yeah so, so why was JOD not there it's because he didn't want to do the job so he didn't turn up really fuck off yeah oh my god I just thought he got stuck at like somewhere between North Gagalaga and yeah, South Gagalaga. Yeah. Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to congratulate the Chicago. Yeah. No, but yeah, he basically didn't show up because he didn't want to do the job. Because, Fuck you know, Newt is this like young fella who's yeah. only been wrestling for four years, five years. Fuck you, mate. But he's a, he's a draw. Well, like, he's right, like, well Newt like... is what, I looked it up, right? So Newt is 26 at this point in time. Drunk Air Dog's 37. He's out of shape. Very like, much I mean, so. I mean, I think Ric Flair is probably 37 at the same point, but he's Ric Flair. Fucking great shape. Do you know what I mean? He's out of shape. This lad is coming in, unique gimmick, very fresh wrestling style. Athletic. Like, a superstar in the making. Mm-hmm. Put him fucking over, you prick. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, so uh, he got the sack for that. Good. 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 I'm delighted. This is the only WCW appearance of Doug Gilbert. We will see him one more time as an entrant in the 1996 Royal Rumble. Well, okay. But he is probably most famous for a 1997 live televised promo he cut in Power Pro Wrestling in Memphis, where he was uh, feuding with Brian Christopher at the time, aka Grandmaster Sexy. And he said the only reason Brian Christopher got a push was because his daddy was friends with the booker. And then he stated that Jerry the King Lawler had raped a 13-year-old girl. Well, on live TV. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice, nice, nice. Sound. Sound, yeah. So uh, that got him the sack. I would do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what didn't get him the sack? His haircut. Oh, no, it did not. Stick that on the yeah. elbow. <laughs> yeah. So Doug Gilbert's uh, weird. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be going, as many people say, for the final time for the world heavyweight title. For a man who's won it five times, Rick, how does this extra pressure affect you? Well, what it tells me, Lance Russell, is today, woo, I've got the style and profile like never before. Steamboat, let me go on record as telling the whole world you are the greatest wrestler on the face of this earth. But, pal, today, 
right here. You got to beat Ric Flair one more time. Remember, Steamboat, and pal, I'll kiss your boots if you can do it. But to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm saying, woo, right here in Nashville, Tennessee, pal, I'm the man. Ric Flair and Steamboat, you're going to be mine. Woo! We go backstage where a new backstage guy to a pay-per-view, Lance Russell, interviews Ric Flair. Before we go into the Flair promo, this Lance Russell guy knows his shit. Like, he's a lot better than a Bob Coddle at backstage mm-hmm. interviews. Yeah. He's He has that voice where it's like, I'm going to listen to everything you say. Yeah. <laughs> Please speak some more. Yeah. What did you make of Flair's interview? It was typical Flair, but... Yeah, it was great. That was great, yeah. yeah. And, like, this is going to be a recurring theme through all the promos for tonight. They put everyone over. They put the yeah. company over, put their opponents over. Like, yeah. every, most promos I was really happy with for the show, like, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rick Flair just being Rick yeah, Flair, Flair like, being Rick Flair, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. So match number two is Hacksaw Butch Reed, who no longer has Hiro Matsuda in his corner. Yeah, uh, versus Ranger Ross. So Ranger Ross is Robert Ross Jr. and he's an actual former paratrooper with the U.S. Army Rangers, which is fair enough. Fought in some serious missions, mm-hmm. missions that have their own Wikipedia page, which I'd consider a yeah. serious mission. Yeah, and he's just basically been a jobber for a while well not a jobber but he's just wrestling around various territories not doing yeah. much so that's him yeah and he gets lots of bells and whistles for his lots of bells intro. and whistles he uh his he also he wrestled on clash of the champions six and he actually paratrooped in not paratroop not in a parachute but he repelled yeah. down like sting oh, okay. would yeah, eventually yeah. in the 90s which cool. was also a pretty cool entrance wow. yeah. yeah both men are in shape but which one of them do you think is on drugs and which one do you think <laughs> isn't I well, I wouldn't say there's a guarantee that both of them aren't on drugs. No. But Butchery yeah. definitely is yeah, on Yeah, yeah 100%. Like, Ranger Ross looks like, you know, he goes to the gym, but he could be clean as a whistle, yeah. whereas yeah. Butchery is just... <laughs> he's a man. arms may as well oh, be fucking... It's ridiculous. They lock up and do the generic international spot with Ross coming out the better. So the international is, you've seen it in a million matches. It's the headlock, shoot him off the ropes, shoulder tackle, drop down, leapfrog, hip toss. They do it all... Probably all over the 80s. I and managed 70s. to do that in one of the older Smackdowns once. Like, the actual whole yeah. thing. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, impressive. Yeah, That's impressive. Cool. Yeah. I like, fucking went mad when I was like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably better than this match. <laughs> uh, much better. Yeah, so Ross comes out with the better of that with a hip toss. Ross hits a headlock takeover, but Reed quickly powers out and floors Ross with a nasty clothesline. At this point, Teddy Long makes his way to ringside. In a glorious white oh, suit. Oh, yeah. And what else? A mullet. A mullet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does, he does. Yeah. So he comes to ringside, but meanwhile in the ring, Reed hits a swing and neck breaker for a two count. Ross tries to battle back, but Reed cuts him off with a knee lift and smashes him with three elbow drops for another two count before locking on a chin lock and using the ropes for leverage. They walk this hold for a fairly long time. Yep. Before the ref finally catches Reed cheating, forcing the break. Ross starts a comeback hitting an awkward looking judo style throw which Jim Ross calls a European takeover for a nice save in that big botchy move. <laughs> and uh, Ranger Ross hits a duo of bad drop kicks sending Reed outside and follows up with what looks to be a crazy dive over the top rope but then he ends up just landing on his feet and punching Reed in the face. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. I was, a bit, yeah. I was disappointed because I was watching it and I wanted to type up some notes so I paused it just as he was mid-air and I was like that looks like it's going to be fucking mental. <laughs> and I typed up the notes and then I hit play again and he just... I was like, that was terrible. 
No, yeah, no, I thought no, you were going to say something there. <laughs> good metaphor for this yeah. match in general. Is just a bit shit like bit shit. Yeah. something was going to happen and uh, it just didn't, didn't. yeah uh, Reed cuts Ross off with a kick on their way back into the ring suplexes him in off the apron and hits his diving shoulder block finisher to get the victory at 6 minutes 59 seconds yeah very forgettable match it happened you know kind of like I have no no nothing stands kind out. of strong feelings about it mm-hmm. um, if I had to if I was pushed in one direction I would say I didn't enjoy it <laughs> yeah you know and it was only six minutes but it felt long because the one of the rest holds just seemed to go on for yeah ages. like the match just like stopped halfway yeah. through it just like you just may as well just hit yeah. a pause you know oh it was very but it, it reminded me butchery isn't a good wrestler no no it wasn't. reminded me of the previous WCW pay for you where he was wrestling sting and he did a similar thing where he had a chin lock and he was pulling on sting's tights i remember that yeah. you know what i mean and he'd do it and the ref would catch him the third time or the fourth time and make him break the hold but and what was the story with the type of leverage that he was using? Like, he had him in a chin lock and he was putting his, like... Foot on the bottom rope? foot on the... Like, what's that going to do? <laughs> like, a chin lock. Right, if let's he, if let's, he have, let's him, have a like, mild physics class here. Yeah, yeah. If you have an arm under someone's chin, you're wanting your weight to be going down so you're... Yeah. Put pressure under the chin. But if you put your feet on the ropes, you're only going to be going... You're going to be loosening yeah. the pressure. Now, how it would have worked well would have been, like, if uh, Ranger Ross was, like, <clears throat> flat on his back. Yeah. And Butch Reed had him like that, and he had his two feet on the middle rope or something, so he was kind of like stretched like across. Like a sleeper kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, but like yeah, a kind yeah. of stretched out sleeper. Yeah. Like that, that, that would have given him some leverage. It looked but bad. It looked, it and looked it like even, he was just leaving his foot was, there. It was, it was bad because he was like, he had the chin lock on, but he was kind of lunged, and his other foot just happened to be resting on the rope. Like it didn't <laughs> look like it was actually causing any leverage Yeah, changes. definitely not. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah, fuck off is right. Lance, this is what you call a showcase event. This is in front of millions of viewers. This is what makes you as a competitive athlete tick. Now, Michael Hayes has been running his mouth for a long time now. And Michael Hayes, it is put up or shut up time. You said you could do it on your own. You haven't shown me that. That's not your track record. Well, this is your opportunity in front of millions of viewers to show everybody that you got what it takes to win this. U.S. Heavyweight Championship. And Michael Hayes, this means more to me than anything in this world. It means a lot to a lot of fans who I represent, who I feel I represent. And Michael Hayes, I don't think you got what it takes to take what I got. So Michael Hayes, bring on everything you got. Because I got your adrenaline flowing, my blood pumping. I'm going to walk out of that ring as a U.S. Heavyweight Champion. Back again for another interview. Uh, this time with Luger. We know Luger's not the best of promo men, but I think he... Uh, doesn't do too bad. He doesn't do too yeah. bad. Uh, it, he was it's grand. grand. Yeah. yeah, he was grand. Standard. So, match number three is a Texas bull rope match. Mm. So, if you're unfamiliar with the concept, it's basically two competitors, no rules basically, uh, but two competitors are tethered to each other with a large, thick bull rope which has a steel cowbell in the middle. Now, I wasn't sure if this was the shitty version of bull rope strap matches where you have to touch the four corners to win the match. I was glad it wasn't because yeah. that was likely going to make it worse. It was actually just a brawl where they're both stuck together. And I don't know. think either one of these could have dragged the other one around the ring for the front, yeah. to mm-hmm. touch the corners. No, they're both so this dying. Is, yeah, without blowing up. No, yeah. it is Captain Redneck Dick Murdoch versus Cowboy Bob Orton Jr. Who, the last time we saw Bob Orton, he was teamed with Don Morocco in a losing effort to the Canham Connection at WrestleMania 3. Mm-hmm. Murdoch 
was trained by Killer Carl Cox, Bob Goigle, and Pat O'Connor and debuted in 1965. Yeah. Wow. You could, yeah. He looks. Yeah, he looks, <laughs> very, he looks really weathered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he wrestled around the NWA Territories, Mid-South Wrestling, Florida Championship Wrestling, where he formed successful teams with Dusty Rose and the Junkyard Dog. He won the WWF Tag Team Titles in 1984 with the non-gay version of Adrian Adonis, <laughs> <laughs> before losing them to the US Express in 1985. The Captain Redneck moniker isn't a gimmick. As Murdoch is said to be a card-carrying member of the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, great. Oh, okay. As stated by Bad News Brown, Tito Santana, Dusty Rhodes, and even The Rock's father, Rocky Johnson, among others. And he tagged with the Junkyard Dog? Money's money. Money's money. They yeah. basically drew black folk and white folk. Yeah. And a, an odd couple kind of gimmick. Yeah. Even though he probably really hated Junkyard Dog in real life. I already didn't like Dick Murdoch yeah, before. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this is just making it worse. Like, why does he put no effort in at all? Like, it's... Okay, wrestling is somewhat of an aesthetic industry. Like, obviously not everyone has to be a built lad. Yeah. And it's good you have variety. There's yeah, some be... fat lads and big lads and yeah. small lads. But he just looks like shit. Like, why is he out there in jeans I, and a cut-off I don't mind. T-shirt? I don't mind wearing jeans and... Ke- I hate cowboy boots. You know, yeah. I hate cowboy boots. Yes. But in a Texas bull rope match, I will let cowboy boots fly. I think that's allowed yeah, yeah, in yeah. this particular match. Yeah. I would have actually liked Bob Orton to be wearing a set of jeans, maybe, and like a street fight. Yeah, like, if they're that's what both going. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But the fact that Orton's in his trunks and boots, yeah. and then he just looks like he's at NASCAR. Yeah. Murdoch looks like well, he's that's there. actually quite. You know what I mean? Chewing tobacco or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Spitting kind of, in some yeah. kid's face. <laughs> Probably a black child's black face. Black child's face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking hell. So yeah. <laughs> so we've had a, a rape accuser and a KKK <laughs> member <laughs> so far tonight. Off to a good start. Okay. Anyway, there's actually a story line to this one. So on the April 1st edition of World Championship Wrestling, Orton returned to the NWA and formed an alliance with Gary Hart, who had secured him a match for the upcoming Clash of the Champions. At Clash of the Champions 6 the next day, Orton defeated Murdoch with Hart's interference. So this resulted in a rivalry between the men, with both men interfering in each other's matches. On the April 29th edition of World Championship Wrestling, Murdoch announced that he would compete against Orton in a Texas bull rope match. So a little feudy kind of thing. Yeah. Nothing special. They circle each other for a while, playing tug-of-war with the rope, and Mordock lands a handful of rope-wrapped fists, then tries to use the cowbell, but Orton ducks and heads outside and uses the rope to drag Mordock out with him. Outside, Mordock lands more punches, which Orton tries to run away from, but he comes crashing backwards when Mordock yanks on the rope. Mordock goes inside and pulls the rope, sending Orton into the ring post. Both men are back in the ring, and Orton gets hold of the bell and starts beating Mordock around with it. Mordock hits Orton with a heavy shot to the gut, then proceeds to take off his cowboy boot and smacks Orton around the head with it. Fairly stiff as well, yeah. I thought, yeah. Mor- right, I'm going to make this sound fucking a lot cooler than it is. Mordock uses the rope like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat <laughs> and pulls Orton towards him and wallops him in the face with the cowboy boot. I actually did like that spot, though, the way he did it. That's about all I like. But, yeah, for a near fall. Orton fights back, whips Mordock off the ropes and hits him with a big elbow in the head. Orton climbs the torn buckles but is pulled off with the rope in a very weak looking bump yeah. where he lands on his feet and then falls over. Murdoch quickly ties up Orton's legs with the rope and drops a duo of elbows for the three count of four minutes and 54 seconds. Hog ties him. You want to go first there, Dermot? Or no? No, I've got nothing to really say about this match. Yeah, yeah I said, to be honest with you, I said this to you the other day, but this match made me want to quit this podcast. Yeah, oh, this, dear, dear, this dear. is when yeah. the first 
time I tried to watch this pay per view, this is where I turned it off and I had yeah. to take a break. That's why I took a break anymore. after it. Oh, I was like, fuck this! <laughs> no, no, I think everybody did. Like, don't <laughs> and it was the fact that it came straight after Butch Reed and Ranger Ross as well, which of was course, also yeah. fairly hard bad. to swallow. Like you know. yeah, and then just everything about this match. I I think I think right. There's lots of factors. Obviously, the fact that Dick Murdoch is very old. Yeah. Doesn't help. But I'm sure these are like the old school type of brawl matches. Like the Abdullah, the, you know. Yeah. The fact that they didn't bleed, I think, affected it. Yeah. I think a, a fight like that should have a bit of blood. And if you're using a cowbell. It's, uh, yeah, you know, no, and I, I agree with you in in that sense. Yeah. Like, you know, they could have done some stuff to it to, to make it actually, yeah. you know, yeah. possible. Yeah. But at the same time, they're on a card with all these other, like, there's a good few other good matches on this card. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of in between that kind of stuff, seeing this, they're kind of just. Yeah, I feel like to, feel like a gimmick, a gimmick match like that should, should be, be less than five minutes. It either. should be a grudge match where people are going all out to fucking. It shouldn't be the sure. second match and in the yeah, field. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it shouldn't be a five minute throwaway. Where yeah, a gimmick really match happens. shouldn't be like imagine having a steel cage match last four minutes fifty four seconds. Yeah. Like it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It should be a fifteen minute draw. Well, I don't see. Tick more no, up in a 15 no, minute match but you know no, what I mean I don't like, want to see him in a bull rope match I don't want to see him full stop yeah. no, <laughs> I agree well, I agree after the match Gary Hart jumps in the ring and attacks Murdoch and then Orton uses the bell repeatedly on Murdoch and then hangs him over the top rope with the bull rope I thought that was okay well yeah. it wasn't okay it was fairly not nah what's the word I'm looking for not brutal. gruesome but like it was brutal yeah brutal yeah. is the word like it they should have just done that yeah <laughs> they should have just had Orton win by hanging him like it was because it was like I was more interested in the post-match stuff than I was any of the match so this is the last time we won't see Orton again until No Mercy 2005 oh, god <laughs> and we won't see Dick Murdoch again until WCW Slamboree 93 oh, well, so, so you're getting a nice break, break. Yeah, getting a nice break. <laughs> so this feud Michael P.S. Hayes has said he can do it on his own. The founder of the Freebirds has said by himself. Now, does that mean without brass knucks and everything else, Michael? Let me tell you exactly what it means. Lex Luger comes out here two times, United States heavyweight champion, and has the audacity to say that Michael P.S. Hayes ain't got what it takes to take what he's got. Let me tell you something, pal. It's too late now. In just a matter of moments, Jack, you're gonna find out what I've got and just exactly what I'm gonna take from you because I'm gonna squelch all the skepticism and all the media like you that say that I don't have the credentials to do it on my own. I did everything in tag team wrestling, but not in singles. Today you'll see no Terry Gordy, no Buddy Roberts, just Michael P.S. Hayes. And remember this, Lex Luger. If it wasn't for people like you, there wouldn't be people like me. We have an interview with the heel Michael P.S. Hayes. Fucking good stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. Very much so. Lads, that closing line. Uh, I don't know what it meant, uh, but uh, <laughs> when he goes, it. If it weren't for people like you, there wouldn't be people like me. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I, when I first... And the way he said it, I was just like, oh... Oh, Michael. <laughs> I, was, I was like, give me this match. When, when he first said it, and now in like Michael Hayes' reputation, when he said people like you, I was like, wait, who's he fighting again? Oh, <laughs> oh yes, his racist moment. Yeah. Back then, yeah, yeah. But, uh, wait, hang on, fill me in here. Um, he basically backstage, he told Mark Henry, I'm just going to pre-warn people, I'm going to use a racial slur now. He basically said to Mark Henry that he, as in himself, Michael Hayes, 
was more nigger than Mark, Mark Henry was. Wow. He got suspended for that. Yeah, he did. Uh, fair, like, you know, that's fair enough, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, no, but I mean, I understand what he was trying to say, but he could have just don't, said don't, it don't without saying word. that yeah, word. Yeah, yeah. He could have been like, I'm more of a homeboy than you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something along that, you know, cool. Or hell, I think I'm, what he I'm meant more was gangster than yeah, you, or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, when you've spent most of your career wearing a Confederate flag and then you come out with that, it's a bit yeah. dodgy. Oh, like. but lads, this is. I've, there's more Michael Hayes racism to come on this podcast oh, yeah. on this episode don't you worry oh I'm, I'm not I'm looking forward to it <laughs> right so next is a tag team match with four debutantes let us debutantes. say it's the Samoan SWAT team Fatu and Samu versus the Dynamic Dudes dude Johnny Ace and Shane Douglas took me a while to realise that was Shane Douglas did it? <laughs> yeah, yeah I know well, they say it but right, sometimes it, the commentary know, goes over yeah. your head like so Background on these guys, Samu, is real name Samula Anowai, I think I pronounced that correctly, uh, was trained by his father after the World Samoan and debuted in 1980. Mm. He's wrestled all over the place at this point, including challenging then WWF World Champion Bob Backlund in 1984. He's Roman Reigns' cousin, actual cousin, not like the rock fake yeah, tour from the old yeah, blah blah yeah. blah, actual cousin. Fatu, who's also Samu's cousin, real name Salofa Fatu Jr., Better known as WWE Hall of Famer Rikishi. Yep. Father of the Usos. <laughs> Debuted in 1985 after training other, under his uncles, Afat and Sika. Didn't do much single-wise, but as a team, they had a major push in Fritz Von Erich's world-class promotion, defeating Kevin and Kerry Von Erich for the World Tag Team titles before coming to WCW. Mm. The Dynamic Dudes. <laughs> oh, oh my God, what a gimmick. Uh, if the dynamic they're dudes, the ones that... Came out with the skateboard. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, bleach blonde. Basically, like, Zach Morris is on steroids, yeah, yeah, yeah. is what oh. they were. They were outrageous. So, Shane Douglas, real name Troy Martin, was trained by Dominic Danucci in the same class as Mick Foley and debuted in 1982. Wrestled as a jobber to the stars on various episodes of WF Superstars and also captured the UWF World Television title in 1987 before losing it to Terry Taylor, shortly before Jim Crockett bought the promotion. And Johnny Ace... Who fans of WWE around 2011 to 2012 will know as John Laurinaitis or John Laryngitis. <laughs> People power. Yeah. Is the younger brother of Road Warrior Animal and debuted in 1986. Oh. Up to this point he'd mainly been wrestling in Florida teaming with his other brother Marcus who was known as The Terminator. Despite the fact Johnny Ace is only 26 here he still looks the exact same age he does in 2011. Yeah. <laughs> Just looks so old. Yeah. Dynamic dude. <laughs> yeah. He looks quite old. Yeah. This one actually has a bit of background. So we know the original Midnight Express are gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After losing a Shoytown Rumble. So Paulie has brought in his new team, the Samoan SWAT team, who have gone on a big undefeated streak, including beating Jim Cornette's Midnight Express at Clash of the Champions 6. On the April 29th episode of WCW, it was announced the Samoan SWAT team will be facing a new team to the company, the Dynamic Dudes, who made their televised debut the following week. So this is two undefeated teams going against each other. And uh, yeah, two mullets on the dynamic dude side of things. Add them up there, please. Yeah, two mullets. Two. Um, I wouldn't say the Samoans have mullets. They just have jerry curls or something. I would have called Fatu's a mullet. Oh well, I would have called Paul Heyman's a mullet. Yeah. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> they have three here. Yeah, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Paulie dangerously. Sorry, Paulie dangerously. Yeah. yeah. Just like well, so, think. Talk to me about the gimmicks before I run down the match oh, when we get the, into it. Gimmick, on both sides. Well, first we have to start with the dynamic dudes. Yeah. Could not be any more 80s. 
they run out like just high fiving each other. And they, 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 they have the skateboards that you would have gotten back then. Like yeah, they, they had like they, the, they the don't lip have the double on the back. Tail. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. just the, like and it's only about like what like three feet long or so if even like. And it's just like it's they're throwing kind of, up that like cowabunga sign yeah. with the pinky and the thumb. <laughs> There's absolutely no way either of them can actually go oh, no. on a skateboard. Cause... That's what I think. Mick Foley mentions it in his book. He says like. Um, the fans didn't play it because it was blatant that neither of them could skate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they came out like they should have just skated out. Yeah, well, if they, if they could, yeah, 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 just yeah, like yeah. push them out from behind the curtain, just standing <laughs> yeah. there. Like, yeah. I like yeah. to imagine that this is the type of gimmick that they wanted to put on Sting, but he yeah. had too much respect for himself. Yeah, <laughs> I, sus- I, sus- I suspect Sting can actually surf though. Yeah, yeah, but and the only reason why I say that is because you know he's yeah, kind of Venice Beach thing. Yeah, of course, of course. But uh, I think this gimmick is where Bob Cottle really came into his oh, own. Go- oh. I think I have it in my notes, but off you go. Tell me. Well, by golly, these young guys—they're just so clean living, and they—they yeah. they do all the things the young kids like nowadays, like skateboarding and surfing. And by golly, I just think they're great. That's well, that's. that's I don't think you're even paraphrasing there. No, I think no. that's legit. What you we said. We actually just cut that out and just send it yeah. off to WWE. You yeah. know, <laughs> to overlay it onto the actual show. <laughs> right. So Ace and Fatu start with lots of stalling and stalemating. Ace gets a nice shine slam on both Samoans before tagging in Douglas, who outsmarts Fatu and hits him with a drop kick right in the face. The dudes then tag very frequently, working over Samu's arm, but the Samoans use a blind tag, resulting in Ace eating Fatu's thrust kick as he's leapfrogging Samu. The Samoans beat up Ace, including some very loud chops, and dangerously plays his role perfectly, distracting the ref, allowing the Samoans to double-team Ace. Ace almost mounts a comeback by backdropping Fatu, but he misses the follow-up dropkick, and the Samoans stay in control, including Fatu getting a two-count from a lovely scoop slam. Sorry, scoops power slam. Samu puts Ace in a Boston Crab, and then Paulie gets on the microphone for some very, very cheapy... And tells Ace he's as useless as a woman from Nashville, Tennessee. Cheap, but excellent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like a bargain. Yeah, like a bar- yeah. Bargain, which obviously pisses off the crowd. Back in the ring, Samu has let go of the Boston Crab, but still has a hold of Ace's leg. Ace hits a monkey flip on Samu and finally tags in Douglas, who comes in unloading dropkick after dropkick, but then falls victim to a hard clothesline to the throat from Samu. It looks vicious. Yeah. Fatu squashes Douglas with a big splash off the top, but Ace manages to break the pin attempt just before three. Fatu picks up Douglas for a slam, but Ace comes off the top with a missile dropkick, sending Fatu crashing to the mat. Douglas on top of him. The ref counts three, giving the dynamic dudes the win at 11 minutes and two seconds. I thoroughly enjoyed this match. I thought it was really good. It had some nice... It was kind of by the numbers, essentially. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was a clearly defined opener. Like I said, shine. Cut, cut off, off yeah, he yeah. fucking yeah. doubled the turnaround. There were some great spots. That fucking super kick spot that you were talking about as when well. When he leapfrogged was, him into the super kick, that was that pretty was cool. Something yeah. else, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and the fact that they they didn't do it left to right on the hard camera, so you saw Ace coming towards the hard camera and just eating the kick on his way just down. Touching on that though, this yeah. was the first match that I noticed for the show. Like they seem to really rely on the hard camera after this match. And they, they've put a lot less into the kind of cameras around the ring. And it yeah. really annoyed me. I didn't really spot that. No. I know. Well, I don't yeah. know whether I was just being like too nitpicky or something. Know, but I just kind of felt like I was looking at the ring from the same angle yeah, for the yeah. entire match. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I really liked this. Like there were some really nice spots in it. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think as a match, it was definitely a lot better than what's coming before. <laughs> yeah. And I thought Johnny Ace made a surprisingly good face in peril because yeah. I wouldn't picture him that way, but I thought he right. was good. I think the gimmick 
obviously killed in the dynamic too because that gimmick was never going to get over but as a team they're actually quite good i like yeah, enjoyed yeah. watching them work together so it's a pity that they were straddled with such yeah, a shit, a shit gimmick. gimmick like oh yeah i enjoy i enjoyed it and i i'm not because i'm gonna I disagree with you darren but i think i do think johnny ace did a good job of being the face in peril but he's also about five inches taller than douglas yeah that's why it, and it's, it's usually the smaller guy yeah, like, yeah, I, I felt yeah. i was like What's going on? Douglas should be the one get taken a hiding and Johnny A should come in and like you know the way you yeah, get like Enzo and Cass. Enzo and yeah, Cass, yeah. the way Brett gets battered and Anvil comes in and knocks everyone yeah, out, yeah. or the way even Chad Gable gets battered and Jason Jordan yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. The smaller guy takes the beating and then like they muscle mass wise they're probably very similar. It's just Johnny's taller. Yeah. Height wise, uh, but yeah. still I agree with you that enjoyable match yeah. and nice to have some new blood on the on the Definitely. scene as well. One thing I noticed at the start of the match they did that whole kind of Samoan hard head thing yeah um, I, I can't remember who did it to who at the start or even who did it to who, yeah. who, who, who did it to who the second time but obviously I think it was Fatu who he no-selled it obviously yeah. they slammed his head in the mm. mat and he no-selled it you know it was like an X Factor kind yeah, of yeah kind yeah, of thing yeah. and then later on in the match the exact same spot happens and He's I'm not sure it? if it yeah compl- like like to bits yeah. sold it to <laughs> bits <laughs> oh know? yeah it's well, that's what I was uh, like. Their head is only hard for the first three minutes the match, yeah. when they're doing the kind of you know show how hard they are. Then yeah. the head gets worn down. I do really like the fact that uh, Polly tries to give them the phone to distract <laughs> them, and, and they're like trying like on episodes of World Championship Wrestling, he'd be cutting promos, and they'd be like yelping and standing in the way of the camera, so to like pacify them like they were children. He'd give them the phone, and you'd just see them on the side of the TV like looking at it and trying to. D- and like listening to it and stuff I was like that's pretty cool like, that's it's deadly, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at this point in the sh- in the original pay-per-view broadcast there was a 35 minute Oak Ridge Boys concert <laughs> oh five my minutes. god well, like I mean you know I gave out about Flowroyder singing one song at Wrestlemania yeah. or whatever but a 35 minute concert that's ludicrous in the middle of a show but you know what that means it means we're halfway yeah. oh, you know what that means Half-time history, half-time history. <laughs> it's half-time history, yes. The number one movie in the cinema that weekend was Pet Cemetery. Oh, shit. Yes. It's a good film. Yeah. Um, which, uh, <laughs> which <laughs> sorry, this is such a stupid record. It's such an, like, an American record, stupid stats. But it uh, broke the record for all-time April opening weekend. Oh. <laughs> uh, Beaten Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Yeah. Uh, the only other film of note that's been released since the last pay per view is Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner yeah. If you book Belter, them, they will come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Music wise, the number one song in the US was Like a Prayer by Madonna. Oh, yeah. Another fucking. Yeah. yeah. Tune. And um, last episode, I boasted about how Ireland had a cooler number one with Paradise City. Yeah, well, sure. this time around, it's even cooler. <laughs> Far From Home by Daniel O'Donnell. <laughs> Well, are you okay, Dave? No, I I just have this intense hatred for Daniel O'Donnell. I don't know where it comes from. I think it's actually, you know, I think it comes from my ma. Right, she hates him. Or she likes him. him. She oh, she hates, hates him. him. Okay. So I think I just got it from her. Right, but I just cannot stand the fucker. Yeah. So he was he was number one in, uh, yeah, at this May. And <laughs> other uh, albums and music released. Uh, Garth Brooks' self-titled debut. Green Day is One Thousand Hours EP. Their very first EP yeah. was released. Their best. And uh, going back to our all American boys. Barry Manilow also released an album called Barry Manilow, which is his sixth studio album to be called Barry Manilow. <laughs> so when you say, did you hear that album, Bar- like, hear the self-titled Barry Manilow album? They're like, which one? Yeah, he has six, <laughs> six albums 
Barry Manilow's six albums called Barry Manilow. Yeah. <laughs> That's very lazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's super lazy. It's yeah. So lazy. <laughs> what will I call this album? Ah, Barry Manilow. Because I seen it was like Barry Manilow released Barry Manilow. I was like, geez, he must have started well before '89, and then it was like, yeah, number six, Barry Manilow <laughs> six. <laughs> or he's just got such an ego. <laughs> Barry Manilow, call anyway, it after me. Fuck all has happened on TV, unfortunately, probably because of so many deadly shows. In video game, Nintendo released Super Mario Land on the Game Boy, oh. which was the first handheld Super Mario game. Sega released Golden Axe to the arcades. And Solitaire and Minesweeper became bundled in Windows for the first time. Ooh. Jeez, we're getting modern here now. <laughs> <laughs> they are classics, though. Are Solitaire classics. and Minesweeper. So now we get an interview with the judges for the main... Well, it is the main event, despite it not going on last. Um, and that is Lutez, who is... They say six-time world champion, but he's only three-time NWA champion. He held it. He holds the record for the longest as well, 2,300 days. He held it from November 1949 until March of 56. Wow. Pat O'Connor held it from 59 to 61, and Funk held it from 75 to 77. So I personally think that these people being judges and the interview with them, the fact they're all from different decades, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, yeah. It, I think it legitimizes it an I awful lot. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, like I, I, I bought it. Yeah, like, I, I bought, bought into it. it. Like you know, it, <laughs> yeah. it worked for me. Yeah, and a lot of stuff probably like you know, a lot of stuff hasn't worked for me from like these kind of classic mm. pay per views, but this one definitely yeah. did. It absolutely legitimizes the world title and the world title match. And yeah. you know what, Lutez seems like a sound fucker. Oh, doesn't he? He, he seems mad sounds. And I say even then he could batter you. Yeah, ah, yeah definitely. He, he was yeah, one of those yeah. shooters who could literally rip yeah. your arm out of your socket. <laughs> no, big fucking mangled ears on him and all. Like, oh, you're going to kill me, Lou, when you're about 80. Inventor <laughs> <laughs> uh, of the Lutez Press, of course. No what way. Gent- yeah. 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 Also, <laughs> also, also, also inventor of the Powerball. Oh, there you go. Oh, How's it? How your father? You <laughs> <laughs> Even more impressive yeah. than the old jumping dick to the face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so next is our first of five title matches tonight, and it is for the NWA United States Heavyweight Title. The champion is Lex Luger versus Michael P.S. Hayes. So on the twenty fifth of February edition of World Championship Wrestling, Hiro Matsuda was seen scouting Michael Hayes. Later on the program, Hayes said Matsuda had made him an offer. But he refused as Japanese money means nothing to him. And, <laughs> quote, I don't need no slit-eyed, yellow-skinned Jap coming to me and dictating what I can and can't do. And this is kayfabe. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Oh, well. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. It was, it was partially censored on the WWE Network version. Like, I had, like, they put the volume down really, really low. But you can, if you look at his lips and put the volume up a bit high, you can still make yeah, out what he's yeah, saying. Yeah. And I was like, holy fucking God. Jesus This is Christ. your work colleague here. You're the face. <laughs> he caught a slit-eyed, yellow-skinned Jap. Blah, blah, blah. And then he turns around to Junkyard Dog and goes, tell him, dog. And then uh, Junkyard Dog proceeds to do an impression of what he thinks is a Japanese man. But he goes, ah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. And does all that. Well. So, yeah. One person who's... Like, Junkyard Dog is an old man. He was probably persecuted for being a black person. And there he yeah. is just... Doing the exact doing same thing. Doing the exact thing. same thing. But we always... We hate Junkyard Dog. Anyway. What did uh, you say? We, we hate the Junkyard Dog. <laughs> I, did, I, I thought you said something else completely different there. What? Do you, you think I was being racist? people anyway, so it's grand. No, we don't hate you. No. <laughs> don't. They're a great <laughs> bunch of lads. Yeah. Yeah. First Japanese wrestler uh, has had a fucking decent yeah, good match. Yeah, yeah. Anyway... <laughs> 
on the March 4th episode of World Champions Wrestling, Lex Luger was being interviewed on Paulie's The Danger Zone segment, which Hayes obnoxiously interrupted to tell people he'd be tagging with Lex in the near future, which Luger seemed quite annoyed and comfortable with as Hayes seemed to be trying to hog the spotlight. On the March 18th episode of World Champions Wrestling, Luger and Hayes teamed with one another against Barry and Kendall Windham, where Hayes turned on Luger and revealed he had indeed joined the Yamazaki Corporation. <laughs> but don't worry, that's gone within a matter of, like they got rid of that name because Barry Windham left and Kendall Windham left mm. so they just said here just you just marry marry you just <laughs> you you just manage Mo- manage Michael Hayes marry him if you want <laughs> but he doesn't want no slit-eyed yellow skin Jap <laughs> tell him what to do well <laughs> anyway on the April 18th during a tag team match pitting Hayes and Flair against Luger and Steamboat Hayes wo- Hayes team won the match when Hayes used brass knuckles on Luger, leading to this match being made for Wrestle War. Will we count some mullets before we get into this match? Yeah. I'd yeah. say two. Yeah, Luger? Two. Is Luger? Oh, oh, yeah. Hayes? Hayes, Hayes is more of a mullet than Luger. A mullet? Oh, it's absolutely a mullet. It's not a mullet. It's just it's short it's at got, the front. It's got lots of hairspray in it, so it looks ridiculous. But like, you know, it's mullet. short at the front and long at the back. It's quiffed up at the front. Uh, I don't know. See, I would have said Luger was the mullet. I would have said. We've got them. one either way, you know. We can. I, I, I still think they're both in the club. Oh, two. We're going to put two. Go on, put it. Mullets are deadly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before we get into the match, we yeah. need to talk about the entrance. Ah, yes. Uh, Hayes entrance. Yeah. What did he do? I can't even remember. <laughs> uh, he came out oh. strutting to his unbelievable tune of music. Bad Street, Leonard Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he as he gets into the ring and stands up on the ropes it's meant to be some big pyro display but it kind of just goes off like a fart it's like so yeah. anticlimactic yeah. it's just like <laughs> a fart you know what it's better than what we've seen so far though. Oh, yeah, like, first firework first firework yeah, they've like, been yeah, up yeah, in the yeah. production value and later on some of the fireworks are really good but just for whatever reason yeah. Michael Hayes <laughs> it's just like doesn't work. Did you like his arm frillies? They were good, his arm frillies. Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. Luger got a nice uh, girly pop scream. Yeah, girly yeah, scream yeah. pop, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Anyway, Hayes does his strutting around the ring while Jim Ross muses, Hayes looks to be in the best shape of his career. <laughs> if that's the best shape, I would hate to see the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Hayes grabs a headlock and works it for a bit before Luger shoots him off the ropes. Hayes hits a cross body but it barely registers a one count and Hayes takes another headlock and they do a similar spot this time well, Hayes going for a Russian leg sweep, but Luger botches it by bumping too early. Yeah. Fucking Luger. It was, like, really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Luger backs Hayes into the corner and slaps Hayes in the face, which pops the crowd and infuriates Hayes. Hayes tries the same move, but Luger blocks, unloads a flurry of right hands, and back body drops Hayes high into the air, prompting Hayes to slide outside for a breather. Hayes attacks with punches and kicks and goes for the DDT early, but Luger bumps his way over. Hayes goes outside for another breather and then back inside Luger begins to work over Hayes' arm. Hayes tries another crossbody but Luger catches in midair and hits a rib breaker for a two. Hayes forces a break in the corner, attacks Luger but Luger no sells, does a two-handed choke lift throwing Hayes into the corner then goes for the ten punch. Hayes counters with an inverted atomic drop which Luger no sells again, clotheslines Hayes then attempts a flying crossbody but Hayes ducks and Luger goes sailing over the top in a crazy looking bump. Yeah. They're pretty mental aren't they? Like just fucking... Leaping over the top like mad. Yeah. Hayes beats on Luger, including a bulldog for a near fall. He throws Luger outside, and whilst distracting the ref, Matsuda rams Luger's face into the steel guardrail. In the ring, 
Hayes continues the beatdown and slaps on a chin lock. The crowd chant for Luger who powers up and smashes Hayes into the turnbuckles. Hayes tries another bulldog but is sent sailing across the ring. Fucking mad hoy. Crazy looking. Luger was on fire with clothesline punches and three massive military press slams. Yeah, they were pretty good. They were, yeah. they were the bee's knees. They were very impressive. Luger goes for the torture act but Hayes slips off his back and nails the DDT but he can't make the cover. Both men get back to their feet. Luger pushes Hayes who knocks over the ref and then the two competitors collide heads. While the ref is down, Terry Gordy comes out of the crowd and shoves Hayes on top of Luger, knocks Luger's foot off the bottom rope. The ref counts three and Michael Hayes is crowned the new US heavyweight champion at 16 minutes and six. Very nice ending, I thought. I really enjoyed yeah. the ending. Um, Did you enjoy the rest of the match? Oh, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was grand. I thought it was a good, yeah. it was a, it was a good old match. Yeah, yeah. yeah I thought um, Luger's like, power spots were deadly. Yeah, like really That's good. where he looked yeah. like he really shines. thought the match was good, but it could have been condensed a bit. Like Some of the rest holes were a bit long. Yeah, it's 16 minutes few, is, a bit, yeah. is a bit long. They kind of seen, they, I felt like they repeated some kind of spots. or repeat, like They, they yeah. did drag it out a little. I think they could have had like just as good or a better match in 10 minutes. Like yeah. They didn't need 16 minutes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like... Dave, I enjoyed the ending, and I didn't know that Michael Hayes had really ever had like a singles title, so it was kind of a surprise yeah. to me. I wasn't expecting him to go over, so it was good. And let me just say this: yeah. I hate blatant, full-on, one hundred percent no selling. What I'd like to see is people getting hit and making it look like they're overcoming the pain and powering through it, rather than just like getting hit and as if it didn't affect them at all, which is what Luger was doing the entire you, match. You mean like you? You know, like someone would get hit and then they turn around and go, come on, yeah, yeah, fucking exactly. hit me again. Like, yeah, yeah, as opposed yeah. to, boom, as a thing. Because what does that, it makes Hayes look like fucking shit. I didn't mind him not selling, what the, What was the first thing he didn't sell? I, can't, I need to look at my notes here. He no sell <laughs> the clothesline anyway and the clothesline looked fucking vicious and he just got right back up. I didn't really, well, I did mind it, but I was more annoyed by him not selling the inverted atomic drop. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't think you should not sit. Oh, I don't know I'm a bit torn like, I don't mind like, if someone body slams the warrior and he stands straight back up I'm okay with that and I know Luger isn't the warrior but he's of the same ilk as in that he's the big muscly fucking yeah. and I suppose that kind of depends on the character as well though, right? yeah the true just fucking nuts Cause, yeah. cause, well later on Sting now sells a couple of things yeah but, that's, but like we'll we said, talk about that warrior and Sting are, well they started together in the yeah. tag team so they have this similar yeah, yeah. bond <laughs> we'll get to Sting's music in this show sounding very similar to the warriors as oh. well oh it's tuned though. Yeah. <laughs> I with the end I was a bit torn. Like I did like it, but yeah. what was Luger? Luger was pinned by a little n- knock on the head. Like I don't, like I know he got hit. He hit the DDT. Yeah. But yeah. But at the same time, the only he, the only real like there wasn't much cheat. Like it wasn't a big cheat. Like Hayes was on the ropes in bits. Yeah. And, and Terry Gordy pushed him off. But he also the, the foot, I know he the pushed the foot off the rope. Yeah, foot off the rope three times. But uh, enjoyable. Yeah, grand match. match. Grand match. All right. Next up, we get a an interview with a stinger. Sting's crazy. He is crazy. Yeah. My, my, uh, my note says, he's like a less mental warrior, but still mental. Do you want to hear what I said? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I said Sting was way cooler when he was on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> what did you say about this promo? Sting is crazy. 
<laughs> he's yeah. I don't even know what. To, I'll, I'll put it in here, and you can just listen to it and see what happens. And yes. <laughs> and this man right here will be defending the world TV title. It won't be long. Oh, You'll man. be in the ring, Sting. I can't wait. You know the way I get every time I see the lights and the cameras and all kinds of people running around with paint on their face, acting weird, jumping through the stands, running in place, beating on their chest, doing all that kind of weird stuff that I do. Woo! I just can't wait to get in the ring. The Iron Sheik. You are going to love this just as much as I am. Woo! <laughs> Later. <laughs> is he ready or is he ready? What did you make of his dyed mullet? It's a con on the count anyway. Yeah. yeah. No, but did you notice the fact that the mullet part was dyed jet black? Oh, I didn't even notice that. Like, if you look at our little mascot here. Yeah. With the rat tail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rat tail was dyed jet black. Oh. And then the rest of his hair was the bleach like, blonde. It was proper bleach. It was really like neon <laughs> yeah. bleach blonde. Like. It was... Brand. I liked it. Yeah, I didn't notice it. That's because it was jet black. Yeah, <laughs> camouflage. Yeah. So next match is for the NWA World Television Title, and it is the Iron Sheik challenging the champion Sting. Sheiky baby. So the last time we saw Sheiky baby was also at WrestleMania three, where he teamed with Nikolai Volkov to defeat the Killer Bees. And last time we were at WCW, Michael Tunda was the TV champion. So on the February twenty fifth episode of World Championship Wrestling, the Iron Sheik debuted and issued a challenge to anyone and everyone, including Luger and Steamboat. Meanwhile, TV champion Mike Rotunda and the Varsity Club had put up $10,000 on the line for anyone who could defeat Rotunda in 10 minutes or less. On the April 1st edition of World Championship Wrestling, Sting did just that, winning both the 10k and the TV Championship nice. for the first time. Two weeks later, the Sheik challenged Sting to a match at WrestleWar, which Sting gladly accepted. While his ally Rip Morgan distracts the ref, Sheik attacks Sting with the Iranian flagpole and chokes Sting with his robe. USA chant starts and Sting returns the favour, choking and smothering the Sheik with his own robes. Sheik fights back with a gut wrench suplex for a quick two count. He tries to choke Sting, but the Stinger retaliates with a choke of his own, whips the Iron Sheik into the corner, hits the Stinger splash, and then locks in the Scorpion Deathlock in the centre of the ring to win the match by submission at 2 minutes and 12 seconds. Yep. Darren, you take this one. Well, it's very short, but a lot happens in a oh, short yeah. amount of time. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors. I'm guessing Sheik wasn't in the best Did you shape. see his belly? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so they were trying to, you know, throw in any loads of shit at the wall and see what would stick and just get it over with as quick as mm. possible. And I suppose it is an effective way of getting Sting over as dominant champion. What was the story with Sheik demanding that they announce him as a world champion before? Let me hit that. I know. Can, can, I, can, I, yeah, can yeah. I just throw in my little two yeah, cents for that? I think that they squashed them. Because? To make... That. Him look like the champion from the WWF, WWF was, was shit. Yeah. Was squashed by obviously, the TV champion in two Obviously, minutes. it takes into account his fucking physique and, and also, he can't yeah. work a match too and well. And also, like, he hasn't held the belt in four years. Yeah, but, but four years isn't long. And like, no. you know, that felt to me like a little, little yeah, liver no. shot. A smart one, though. Smart Definitely, shot. yeah. It's just making sure it was that's the world championship yeah, yeah. they were talking about. They never said the NWA yeah, or the WCW yeah. they said, or WF. They just said... Former world he champion. Actually, it was, I'm guessing by accident when I said he returned on or he debuted on the February 25th. He was cutting this promo and he was like saying, Oh, Lex Luger, you beat an American for that belt. And Ricky Steamboat, you beat an American, but you never face Iranian. And then he's going on, I was, I have been everywhere, NWA, WCW. And then he says, I beat everybody at WWF. And then he kind of pauses and he looks at Jim Ross and then he just keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> but he was definitely not meant to say WWF. Yeah. I think that helped. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, fuck yeah. It. Like, what can you do? Can I also ask a question? Yeah. So he takes the opportunity before the bell rings to attack him with the f- with the flagpole. Yeah. And then when the bell rings, he starts strangling him with the. Yeah. Is that not blatantly illegal? Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. But I think 
Strangling, you get a five count. Weapons, you don't get a five count. But strangling so with, with a, rope. a weapon? Yeah, true. Maybe a rope. You know, yeah. Um, Wrestling's stupid. Yeah, they just, <laughs> just play like fucking. Yeah. Can we, can we talk about Sting's entrance? What was? Oh, but not 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 the music. Okay. Why was there a load of kids running out and then stairs. Sting following them? Like that was a bit creepy. <laughs> Like a pedo. Yeah. I'm guessing they went to the crowd, found what kids had face paint and said, here, yeah, do you, do you want, want to meet Sting? Yeah, yeah well, that would have been grand if they'd <laughs> do you all... you want to meet Sting? <laughs> you want to meet the movies? Yeah. <laughs> but like, if they'd all walked out with Sting, it'd be like, oh yeah, there's little stingers, but they run out and then he comes He's out chasing, chasing them. them. <laughs> it was just like, what's going on? And he didn't even chase them, he walked. So it was more terrifying. Menacingly. He was like Michael Myers in Halloween. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that, he never runs, he just always just walks like menacingly towards them. Yeah. But can we talk about that fucking chugga chugga oh, riff of yeah, his entrance it's music yeah, it's good. Or better or less good than the Warriors? Not worse. It's definitely good. It's less good than the Warriors just because the Warriors, the Warriors. It's probably more musically. Oh yeah. Like uh, from a musical standpoint, it's probably a better written song. But from a deadly pop standpoint, it's definitely. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we won't see the Sheik for about another year. As after this, in the airport home, he got in an argument because he wouldn't let security check his bags, so he got the sack. Ah, ah, for fuck's sake. I was actually just delighted that the Orange Sheik was back. And now you're telling me this? My night is ruined. Well, you should have let them check his bags. Though. They're probably full of coke, so... Well, I mean, we lost JYD and we lost the Orange Sheik. We can't have it all. We can't have it all. We yeah, that's right. Okay, fair enough. You fair know. enough. So next we get an interview with the World Heavyweight Champion, Ricky Steamboat. Grant. Yeah. yeah it's Again, like he puts Rick yeah. Flair over the bits. They, they both put each other yeah. over. Yeah. But there's obviously a reason for Flair doing that. We'll just discuss that. Yes, we'll discuss yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you never think <clears throat> of Steamboat as a good promo, but like, he's, was he's very, very solid. Like, he's grand. He's not like spectacular or no. like going with mad catchphrases or anything, but like he's solid. I tell you what, I believe that promo more than I believe a lot of promos that are cut nowadays. When it's all scripted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He just talks. And I, but I believe he's actually telling the truth. Like, see, yeah. he, it's as if he, he really means what he's saying. Yeah. yeah. You know, and he, he's, dead set on doing what he's saying he's going to do and you yeah know. of course Very so good. Yeah, it was good yeah so the next match is the world heavyweight title match the main event despite not being gone on last but okay match number 7 for the NWA world heavyweight title champion is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat defending for what is Ric Flair's last chance against Ricky Steamboat Nature boy Ric Flair so we already know what happened up up to Shoy Town Rumble, where Steamboat defeated Flair for the world title. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what happened, go back and listen to that episode. It's two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's good stuff. They faced each other in a rematch, which was a two out of three falls match on April 2nd at Clash of the Champions 6, which took place the same night as WrestleMania 5. Cool. So if I was... If I was an adult, then I know which show I'd rather be watching. That would be one with Ric Flair versus yeah, Ric Steamboat. Yeah, yeah, anyway, so Flair took the first fall in 19 minutes with an inside cradle. Steamboat took the second fall via submission with a double chicken wing at 35 minutes. And then the final fall came at 55 minutes when Steamboat attempted the double chicken wing again. Flair fell on top of him, put both men's shoulders on the mat. The ref counted, but only Steamboat managed to get his shoulder up before three to retain the title. However... 
in the replay it showed that Flair had managed to get his foot under the bottom rope. So one final rematch was set for WrestleWar. Is that not amazing booking? Yeah, it is. This <laughs> is fucking deadly booking. <laughs> it's fucking great. And the fact that he got a submission now of him with the double chicken wing. Yeah. And then he basically walks the arm. He, very much. he just he yeah. is going for the arm the yeah. entire match. So Flair comes out with four women in tow. With the Oilers lined with an apparent 40 women. <laughs> I would say it's maybe 20. But that's still a lot of women. Yeah, a lot of women. Yeah. Steamboat then comes out. This is ridiculous. Oh, this is... This, I love it. I'm, I'm sorry. The entrances to this match, like... To the best entrances we've seen up to this I point. I thought we had got access to Dave's dream journal again. <laughs> 46 hookers on a fucking horse dressed up as a unicorn. Did you see the little gem on his fucking forehead? <laughs> so, Steamboat comes out. His son is on a bedazzled white pony. Oh, it is a bedazzled one. The son is wearing like because like a an Elvis, like an Elvis costume, costume and a mini guitar yeah. with his hair quick back. His wife is wearing it, it looks like an evening gown. Oh, or it's of, an outrageous dress. A proper it's, kind of formal. Thought, it is an amazing dress. Yeah. It's cr- like about a billion sequins on it. Yeah. Oh, they were the most craziest entrances I've ever seen. I liked it a lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 Great well, contrast. Like Great contrast. Oh, ah, lovely. Ah, that's lovely. That's lovely. Before I break down this lovely match, I'm going to open a lovely can. Ah, lovely. Alright, Dave. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They circle each other and lock up a few times, with Steamboat coming out the better each time. Flair resorts to slapping Steamboat, but the dragon slaps him back twice as hard, and Flair lands on his ass. It's fucking oh. deadly. Flair backs Steamboat into the corner and here come the chops. Both men laying into each other as hard as possible. Flair takes a breather outside then back in the ring they end up in a top wrist lock test of strength which Steamboat wins and goes straight to work on Flair's arm. Flair manages to get a few brief counters but Steamboat is able to maintain control and continues to work over the arm. Flair resorts to pulling the hair to take the to turn the tables in his favour pummeling Steamboat around the ring with punches and heavy forearms. Steamboat fights back with a flurry of chops and briefly goes back to the arm before drop-kicking the nature boy over the top rope. Back inside, Steamboat hits a deep arm drag and goes back to the arm. At the 15-minute mark, we get the judges' scorecards and all of them have it for Steamboat so far. Inside the ring, chops and forearms are flying between the two competitors again. So loud, so vicious, so stiff. Dave's coming over there. Flair sidesteps and Steamboat goes spilling over the top rope to the outside. They pick up where they left off and wail on each other outside. Back in the ring, Flair is whipped to the corner where he does his upside down spot, then runs into the chop to the face from Steamboat, who follows up by going right back to Flair's arm. The dragon goes for a crossbody but goes flying out of the ring in a mad bump. Flair slingshots him back in and starts dishing out punishment, including a very near fall from a belly to back suplex and another from a butterfly suplex. Flair, frustrated, drags Steamboat outside and suplexes him on the floor. We get our next set of judges scores with Funk and O'Connor have it for Flair, while Tez has it for Steamboat. Flair ascends the top rope, Steamboat slams him off, then follows up with a 10 punch in the corner. Flair then tries a back suplex, but Steamboat counters with a roll-up for a two-count, and the crowd are going nuts. Steamboat then hits a superplex and goes for the double chicken wing, but Flair makes the ropes. Steamboat hits a diving chop, then climbs up for a second time, but loses his balance and falls to the floor outside when Flair falls into the ropes. The dragon looks to have hurt his knee in the fall from the top and Flair goes on the attack, cinching in the figure four leg lock. Steamboat is in agony but eventually makes it to the rope. 
Steamboat is still fighting. He picks up Flair for a slam, but the Nature Boy reverses it into an inside cradle, gets the three count to become six-time NWA World Champion at 31 minutes and 37 seconds. <sighs> what a fucking stomper of a match. Oh, Baron Burner. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'll just say one thing. You guys can go ahead yeah. after this, but this is like something out of Lost. <laughs> because this match was in the past, but... I feel like it would have been in my dream journal as well. <laughs> <laughs> so it's this weird kind of timelines going on. There. Jesus. It all makes sense now. Yeah. Um, yeah, like it's very different from the last Flair Steamboat, yeah. the story they're trying to tell, but it's just as good in its own way. Stiff as fuck. Oh my Holy God. God. Those fucking chops Those and chops. forearms. Oh, oh the ch- the forearms to the head and back. Man. Especially fucking Steamboat's chops. Yeah. Holy moly. He doesn't let up at no, all. No, not, <laughs> not the slightest. And then uh, the way he like, because he has that, he's the only person who's ever made Ric Flair tap out and he's trying to work the arm yeah. the whole match to get him Great go for the yeah, great storytelling. Like, great you know. storytelling. And the commentators do a really good job of getting Definitely. that over as yeah. well. That's exactly what it, Yeah, of course. And Flair's basically just trying to survive. Yeah. 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 And I, like, again, like in the first match, like in the second match, and this is the third match, no, besides that submission victory, there's neither of them got cleans on. They're all inside cradles or yeah, like yeah, last yeah. minute. You know what I mean? Like Steamboat, I know he made he made Flair to me, but I love the way neither of them are being made to look bad. Like they oh, fucking yeah, yeah. oh yeah, they both oh, yeah, look just little roll so up, strong. Like, you know, oh, um, can I ask a question? Yeah. Right. So based on the promos and the the, the lead up for this yeah. match, the impression that I got like the whole this is yeah. Ric Flair's last chance was that if he lost, he wouldn't be getting another ch- ch- shot at the title. Well, he wouldn't get another shot at Ricky Steamboat as champion. Okay, at least that. because then Jim Ross says at the top of the match, he's like, uh, you know, people are saying this is Ric Flair's last chance. I won't speak to that, but, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, this is his chance now. That's what he says. It's like, la- you know, I think it's his last chance again, Ricky Steamboat. Okay, cool. That makes sense. Yeah, 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 fair enough. Yeah, I thought but, this... Uh, like, sorry. No, no, Jesus. I'm just going to say one more yeah. thing is that this has been my favourite match so far of every yeah. single match that we've done. This has been my favourite one. I prefer this one over the, yeah. the last That's one we did. Me too, and, yeah. Like... I was engrossed in this match from start to finish. I was fucking... I jumped out of my seat twice. <laughs> you know, it was insane. It was, it was the business, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. It was fucking good stuff. I, I'm the same as you two. I loved it. I love the storytelling, the commentary, mm. the stiffness, the fucking... Two fucking I love the lads. things that, like... Flair's getting frustrated so he brings him outside and suplexes him on the floor. Yeah. Steamboat's getting frustrated so he puts him on the top and superplexes him. Yeah. They are oh, some absolutely great stuff. And neither of them give any fucking, like, give any leeway. Like, you know, they're no. both fighting tooth and nail even when they're in fucking bits. Yeah. They're both fighting tooth Battered. and nail. And, like, you know? and Steamboat taking that bump off the top to the floor. Yeah. Holy shit. Fair that was fucking pretty fucking rough. Play. Yeah, yeah, Definitely. So that was a cracker of a half an hour. And then after the match, we get a pretty good fucking angle. Oh my yeah. God, yes. So after the match, Steamboat shakes Flair's hand, raises it in the air before leaving like a gentleman. No, no messing. Flair, Jim Ross comes in and interviews Flair, who is uncharacteristically humble and reserved. Yeah. Which is he even of, mentions it. He even yeah. says, like, I know it's not in a Nature Boys character, but... Yeah, Ricky Steamboat, you know, yeah. toughest, toughest competitor. Yeah, you're the best world champion there's ever yeah, been. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. even says that in his promo before, beforehand, match, yeah. which is obviously hinting at his um his little face tour. Yeah. yeah, Terry Funk gets in the ring to congratulate the new champion and then challenges Flair for the belt, but Flair turns him down because he says Funk has been off acting with Sylvester Stallone over the top. 
the arm wrestling movie. It's fucking shy, but also deadly. <laughs> Are they uh, heard of it? Have you never seen Over Top? No. I I had I've never seen it, but I wanted to find out, so I looked up the uh, trailer on yeah. YouTube, and I want to watch it now. <laughs> it's on Netflix anyway. So oh, no way, great. Yeah. Right, cool. yeah. Um. Anyway, and he says he's an actor, and he's not he's not he's not ranked in the top ten of the NWA basically, so he can't challenge for the belt. Funk is like, oh, I was only joking, and then he was, and then he absolutely cheap shots Flair, beats the crap out of him, like proper batters him, and then pile drivers him on the fucking table outside. 1989 1989 pile driver on the table and then gets a chair and just beats the fucking shit out of him with a chair he, he turns into proper mental Terry Funk oh, really you know the way like, in goes, his interviews and all he yeah. was like reserved tuxedo wearing Terry Funk and now he's gone full oh, whack he goes from like your quiet uncle to a fucking psycho oh, in like yeah. 10 seconds the way he was doing it was amazing because he was just joking with he was like the oh no Rick come on Rick <laughs> yeah. you know, like, I was saying I'm not good, good enough. enough you know like, yeah, that yeah. was amazing Amazing. And then he just goes, well, fucking boom. And another little yeah. fucking cheap shot at the WWF, I believe, was like, no, we've got like rankings. We've got yeah. like 10. We've yeah, got, we got top 10. You know, that's yeah. what makes us the best. Like, yeah. you, know, so. you have to beat the best to face yeah, yeah, the best. Yeah. Did you notice um, Jim Ross's comment during the match where he goes, you only get this kind of action in the NWA. There's no posing and rock music here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That too. yeah, yeah. Sorry, what, what did Sting come out in the last? <laughs> yes, and posing. And the, what about the fucking dynamic dudes? The, the, <laughs> the, oh my god. Anyway, <laughs> but he said about a championship yeah. match. Yeah, fair enough. Which yeah. is it is fair enough. But what what a fucking angle. Yeah. So like, Flair is a full blown face now. As soon as I saw he, Terry Funk coming into the ring, he had no like, Matt, there was no Matsuda in his corner. Yeah, yeah. He was a gentleman in his promos. Yeah. Post match, he was a gentleman. And he gets absolutely battered by Terry Funk. Fantastic stuff. Mm-hmm. So it really brought up the the caliber of this pay per view. I think. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's way better yeah. for it. Like you know. Yeah. WCW was doing deadly stuff in 1989. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we move on, um, what would you make of the hair on the two competitors in the World Title match? Yeah. I say Steamboat is a mullet. It's a weird because he's because he's of um Hawaiian heritage. I, I believe or is it Hawaiian? I would have said Native American. Possibly that too. I, I don't. I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be mad wrong. But I feel like he's got that ball haircut on the top, but then long at the back. See, we got to. No. Uh, I'd, I'd say Ric Flair is a mullet. Okay, say. I'll vote Ric Flair and mullet. We need a two to one on decisions. Yeah. So we have two. We have two to one. Fuck off, Dave. <laughs> Just say, uh, but, you, but you've been two to one against me saying Ricky Steamboat's a mullet, so one more right. mullet. Would you say, would you say Terry Funks is a mullet? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Grand. Excellent stuff. Up to 12. Lovely. lovely. Not, a bad, not, a bad, lovely. not a bad mullet count. There's at least three more to go. I say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so next, uh, not Lance Russell, but a very large man whose name I couldn't catch because I was distracted by how large he was, interviews the returning Nikita Koloff who was the special referee for the next match. Well, I have been in the ring before with all these men, both with and against. So when it comes to intimidation, the Varsity Club is not going to intimidate Nikita Koloff or the Road Warriors. I will not be intimidated by anybody. I am going to call it the way Nikita Koloff sees it. I am going to be impartial and I am going to be referee to the best of my ability. Right now, I see they're calling me for the ring. He sounds like Papa Lazarou from the League of Gentlemen. <laughs> you know where like, he's like, Is that Dave? <laughs> oh, you're my wife. <laughs> uh, yeah, he said, that's what he said. What did you just make of this promo? It was... 
bananas. Ridiculous. Yeah, like, absolutely bananas. On, like, I had no idea what accent he was trying to do. It's but like it's I don't know. It, it, it's like he's, actually, he's trying to make a bizarre accent or something. <laughs> but he's blaming. He's called the, like he's meant to be from Russia. Like. Yeah, but he it's but more, he, he puts the he puts yeah. way too much gravel in he his put voice. A, he <laughs> put a <laughs> voice like this. I do the voice and uh, I know be intimidated. Uh, I've been in the ring with and against every single person. Like it's like it's what the fuck, man. That, that sounded more Russian than his. <laughs> yeah. it's bizarre, isn't it? It was uh, like I have been in Zidrim with like, yeah, I, I don't know fucking <laughs> like you could literally do a French accent and it would sound more <laughs> Russian, Russian than that. Than, yeah. yeah, and that was his interview. Yeah, ah. and the match he is refereeing is up next. It's the eighth match, and it is for the NWA World Tag Team Titles. The Varsity Club, Mike Rotunda and Steve Williams, who are the champions mm-hmm. against the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal. So, on our last episode, Shoy Town Rumble, which is two episodes ago, you can go watch it or listen to it. Well, shut up. Uh, the Road Warriors successfully defended the World Tag Team titles against Varsity Club members Kevin Sullivan and Steve Williams. A clash of the Champions 6, the Warriors put the titles on the line against Varsity Club members Steve Williams and Mike Rotunda, this time losing as referee Teddy Long, the dirty dog, had refused to count Hawk's pin attempt and then fast counted when Williams rolled up Hawk. He'd been paid off by... Uh, Is that why he was quote-unquote fired? Yeah, mm. he'd been paid off by Kevin Sullivan, so the NWA fired him as an official. So now he's... Scouting talent as a manager. That's why he's been around yeah, so doing yeah, all that stuff. Excellent white suit. Oh, an excellent white suit. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. So Long has been forwarded in his official by the NWA and is now trying to work on a manager role. And that's why the Warriors are getting a rematch and Nikita is brought in as the official. The Road Warriors don't wait and attack the varsity club while their own pyro is still going off. Oh, it looks fucking deadly. It does that look long pretty, shot where yeah, the pyro's going and off. Nowhere, the shit and, out and they still oh, have the spikes on it. That oh, looks that pretty cool. When things settle down, Animal and William start. Williams tries to cheap shot Animal in the corner but Nikita stops him which sends Kevin Sullivan into a rage and Nikita immediately ejects him from ringside sending him back to the locker room. Animal bumps Williams around and then Williams and Nikita have a few words. Rotunda tags in and drops Animal, drop kicks Animal sorry. He goes for a diving cross body but is caught midair with a nice power slam. Hawk and Williams each tag in and they exchange slams. Williams rolls out and Hawk follows hitting a flying clothesline off the apron which looked decent. Yeah. He tries another, but Williams ducks and Hawk collides hard with the ring post. The varsity club work over his arm for a very, very short period of time before Hawk gets the tag to Animal. A four-man brawl breaks out and Rotunda is sent flying outside. Williams falls victim to the doomsday device, but before Nikita can make the count, Sullivan comes back out with Dan Spivey. They attack Nikita and all hell breaks loose. The Warriors are announced the winners by disqualification. Six minutes and six seconds, but the belts stay on the varsity club. For, for, <laughs> for now, now. <laughs> for now yeah um, just before the match yeah. uh, again with the production values before the Road Warriors come out with their fireworks we have a load of cheerleaders in the ring with the varsity uh, club, the varsity club. Cool, yeah. uh, it was cool yeah. and then you have Kevin Sullivan walking outside the ring just staring at the cheerleaders looking even more creepy than oh, normal such a horrible bastard <laughs> he's wear, He's just wearing like this fucking Aaron sweater as well <laughs> like, you know a big knitted thing like oh, he's so creepy yeah, but then the actual match itself is—it's uh, quite short. Why is yeah. it so short? And I don't understand. Maybe am I imagining things, or does it just seem—is just me, or the Road Warriors just never have a clean finish in any of their matches? It's no, always some sort of like. Haven't had a clean finish yet. Why does it always have to be shenanigans? Why can't you just have one of the teams win? So later on, we're going to find out that they stripped the varsity club of the belts. Why not just have them lose to the Road Warriors? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. 
something that pissed me off about this match as well and it kind of harkens back to what I was saying earlier on is that the Road Warriors no sell every single fucking yeah. move in this match and I know that's probably kind they don't of sell it as, for the they course. don't know sell as bad as Luger like they don't get no, hit yeah, and then go yeah, oh, yeah, but yeah, they yeah. they don't like if if you close on them they'll bump and then get up two seconds later yeah. and beat the shit out of you yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind of their gimmick I know but yeah that's what I was just about to say as well I know that's kind of that's yeah. how the Road Warriors go like but that you know also, that Doomsday device was very nearly oh, a yeah, non-Doomsday yeah, yeah. device. Holy Jesus. shit. Yeah. Fucking, what's his name? Steve fucking... Steve Williams. Yeah, he, yeah, nearly, yeah. he nearly went fucking back there. Oh, before he did. The... He nearly died. Yeah. So, any other thoughts about the match? It was... It was alright. Mm-hmm. I think... It was grand. Like, it was I think a six-minute tag match that ended in a disqualification. I think if they, if they couldn't put the main event on as the final match, they should have finished the night. I think they should have had the main event in this and then the, the night should have been over. Yeah. With the Warriors, with the Road Warriors, arms raised, everyone happy. Yeah. But why wasn't the... Uh, we'll discuss that when we finish okay, the Okay, cool. Thing. Yeah, I was going yeah, to yeah, say yeah. that. Yeah, Before yeah. we move on, yeah. do we have to talk about any haircuts in this we'll talk about animals haircut. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one. one. Uh, well, Kevin Sullivan is on the outside. We can count him now or we can count him later. He's there. He's yeah, first appearance. Yeah, let's first count appearance. Him now. Yeah, yeah. Steve right. Williams? No, he's got this mad fucking helmet over here. Yeah. Uh, well, you fucking you don't count Steve Williams, but you count Michael Hayes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> What's your point? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're on fourteen. Well, not, not bad, bad. Jesus. Yeah, fucking hell. So the final match, match number nine, is for the NWA United States Tag Team Titles, and it pits the champions Rick Steiner and Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert against the Varsity Club again. Except this time, its members Kevin Sullivan and Dangerous Dan Spivey. Or as Dan referred to him in the last episode, Mr. Spivy. Mr. Spivy has a mullet. He does mark him down, 15 of them. So Not just a mullet. A multicoloured mullet. Does he have a multicoloured mullet? He has like strips oh, he does. on the he side a, of his head. The rainbows. Yeah, yeah. Does, uh, does Eddie Gilbert have it? Oh, I think that's pushing it. Oh, okay, fine. fine. I think. Oh, are you... Ding <laughs> <laughs> ding! Yeah. Right, Sixteen bullets. That's the final count. Uh, so I did. We didn't give Dan Spivey your background. Mister Spivey, Dan Spivey is his name. But Mister Spivey on uh, <laughs> WrestleMania two, which was the last time we saw him because he was in that battle royal. So he was trained by Dusty Rhodes and debuted in nineteen eighty three, where he formed a tag team with Scott Hall called American Starship, where they wore glittery masks, furry boots, and silver pants. Uh, and they wrestled some my pajamas. Yes, they wrestled in Florida and also for Jim Crockett. He went to the WF in 1985 originally as the replacement for Barry Windham in the US Express, and then as a lower mid card singles wrestler after his partner Rotunda left for the NWA. He left WF himself in 1988, and the fucking size of him. Yeah, fucking hell. he's a big unit, isn't he? Yeah. Big human. He is a big. <laughs> so on the March 18th episode of WCW. Steiner and Gilbert defeated Sullivan and Williams for the US Tag Team titles. A clash of the champion six, Sullivan and Spivey challenged them for the titles but lost. However, due to the fact that Gilbert had used Missy Hyatt's loaded handbag to win the match, Sullivan managed to convince the NWA board to grant a rematch. And here we are. They don't waste a second and begin brawling all over the shop. Spivey rams Steiner into the ring post and gives him a shoulder breaker on the outside where he leaves him motionless. In the ring, Gilbert plays cat and mouse with Spivey while Sullivan cheap shots Steiner on the outside. Gilbert goes out to see if Steiner's alright, but Spivey follows him and attacks him. Sullivan rams Steiner shoulder forced into the ring post and the varsity club give Gilbert a beatdown in the ring, including 6'8 Dan Spivey throwing a dropkick. 
Steiner finally gets it onto the apron, but Gilbert is still being slammed around the ring. Spivey lands a forearm, and Jim Ross says the most fucking convoluted sentence I've ever heard in my life. Big forearm by the former All Southeast Conference defensive end. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Because <laughs> not to say big forearm by the biggie bloke. Yeah. <laughs> 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 So, uh, yeah. Gilbert crawls through Sullivan's legs and gets the tag, but the ref was just... The ref? <laughs> I don't even talk anymore. The ref was distracted by Stevie. <laughs> well, the ref is getting Spivey out of the ring. Sullivan sets Gilbert up for a pile driver. But behind the ref's back, Steiner hits Sullivan with the Steiner line and Gilbert rolls on top of Sullivan and gets the surprising three count at six minutes and 41 seconds. That was a match. That was a match that happened, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I think I think the audience in the crowd were of the same opinion as us, though. Yeah. <laughs> they were burnt out to fuck. Oh, like, too, right? After that fucking... They just watched half an hour of Steamboat and Flair. Mm-hmm. Then they had to watch the Road Warriors. Well, like, you know, obviously everyone went mental because the Road Warriors, the Road Warriors. But, and then they had to watch that. Yeah, it was like that probably would have been a grand match earlier in if the card. they put that on like number two or yeah. three. Yeah. But in the main event slot, when you've already seen all that, like the crowd didn't care. If they put that between... Butch Reed and Ranger Ross and the bull rope match. Yeah. yeah. That would have been a that nice... That would have gotten that back a, into the fucking oh, show. That would have been a nice buffer. Yeah, like. yeah, 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 definitely. But like nobody cared at this point. Um, a weird thing I found out, this was after I watched it, Steiner had actually legitimately torn his bicep on a house show. Oh, wow. And that's why they worked it that way. That's why the match was worked in a way where Steiner did fucking nothing. And just, yeah. Yeah. But then, if their plan was to put it on last and then Steiner got injured, move it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Weird. Uh, my my yeah. hypothesis for the reason as to why yeah. the Flair Steam match was toured last yeah. rather than the main event is because uh, Ricky Jr. had to get home to bed. Well, it was a daytime show. It was a matinee show. He had to get home to bed. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> not- yeah, even Jim Ross says that throughout the entire thing as well. He keeps he keeps oh, going today, like, like yeah. he keeps saying tonight. Oh, I mean this afternoon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think part of it was well, it's a matinee show. Yeah. Mm. I think there possibly might have been a sports thing on that could have clashed with it later on, so that's why they had it on early. But another, re- like, I think another reason was they were worried that if they put the match on last, they'd be cut off pay per view before the Terry Funk angle played out. Yeah, which is fine. That. Yeah, which yeah. is fine. But I think, obviously, in hindsight, they'd loads of time left. But I think that's why I said earlier. I think if they just finished with the Road Warriors match, yeah, yeah, I would have thought it's grand. Like it's a bit weird, but I would have thought fine. Everyone, the crowd are popping. Like it, I suppose, yeah, no, it does make sense though. If you yeah, have an I mean, angle after the main or after yeah, the big yeah. match to kind of get through. Yeah. Then you know, fair yeah. enough. But two matches after. So after the match, the varsity club lose it. They attack Stoney with a chair, and Sullivan tries to get a hold of Missy Hoya, but Gilbert makes the save. Jim Ross informs us that the NWA board have made the decision to strip Mike Rotunda and Steve Williams of the World Tag Team titles due to their actions attacking an NWA official in the Kita Koloff. That would have been funny. So what was the fucking tell, point? Tell us that on a. TV show, yeah, or just let the roadways win clean. Just that, that, not, that was not what I was win, driving not at. Not even win clean. Have Dan Spivey fucking miss a clothesline and hit fucking Williams. Meant that maybe do a Spivey wavy Spivey line, Spivey bomb, Spivey wavy. <laughs> let's not forget the Spivey plex. <laughs> yeah, <The> Spiveroni. <laughs> The attendance, as I said earlier, was 5,200, all of whom paid. Can you guess? That sounds what, like an honest number. Yeah. Can you guess what the uh, average ticket price was? $15. $18. $7.12. Wow. wow. We overvalued that. Yeah, yeah. 
which is around fourteen dollars in today's money. Jesus, so that's the average price. Like, I mean, obviously, front row might have been twenty five. Yeah, fuck off. But like, still, still like, still we're paying than OTT. Like twenty five. Yeah. Well, I wasn't gonna say the name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. did like twenty five quid. You know, mm, I suppose inflation. You have to account for yeah. inflation as well. Well, so. fifteen, almost fourteen dollars, which is about fifteen euro. Which you can still get a ticket to that for. Yeah, so oh, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. the true, average. True, true. But you're not going to see Rick Flair and Ricky Steamboat at OTT, like. So that brought on a live gate of thirty-seven thousand dollars. The buy rate was one point three, which is one hundred and twenty thousand buyers, which is their lowest buy rate since the very first pay per view, even lower than Bunkhouse Stamp. Wow. Well, and that was bad. The very first pay per view did only twenty thousand buyers, but that's because. Remember Vince put WrestleMania yeah. 3 and he yeah, blackmailed yeah. them into not showing up. But they're lost pay per view. And why would. It's Flavor Steamboat! Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, next time round, we are sticking with WCW for the Great American Bash 1989, which features the in ring debut of Scott Steiner. Ooh. Sting versus the Great Muta. Oh! And the pay per view debut of the War Games match. Ooh. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm going to have a good time. I'll say that would be uh, cool. We're skipping a little bit here, lads. Oh. We're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. Why? Match of the night. Oh, sorry, sorry. Jesus. Yes. I knew it. I was like, why am I reading this out? There's something I'm missing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, so yeah, that's just... what's next time is War Games and Muta and Sting and all that. That sounds pretty good. But I'm happy with that. Right now, yes, match of the night. Uh, yeah. Jeremy, do you want to go first? Well, do we need to say what match of the night is? Yeah. Obviously, it's yeah, first yeah. team mode. Okay. Well, tell us, tell us why it's match of the night. <laughs> well, you gay? Is it not Bush Reed and Ranger? Is it not the Texas Bullrock? <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's Flair Steamboat because it's fucking deadly. Yeah. I don't know if I preferred it to their last match that okay. we watched that you two did prepare to. I thought oh, they were boy, a gee hair look. Oh, they're no, very, yeah, 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 very small yeah, gee hair, yeah, like it's it's a, a newly, a freshly <laughs> shaved gee hair. For uh, outside of Ireland listeners, gee is a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it was fucking deadly. Yeah. Just like their last match, it's just. These two, I'd say, I could watch them wrestling every day for the next month and I wouldn't get bored of it. No, they just no, have such unbelievable yeah. chemistry. Yeah. Like. They are, they're perfect. Yeah. For each other. Unmatched in, like, since from anything <laughs> yes. I've seen. Oh, yeah, it's I mean, fantastic, like, isn't it? Know, fantastic chemistry. Like, I'd say, at the moment, AJ Styles and John Cena have great chemistry. Oh, yeah, watch all time. their matches, but they have I don't a different think it's... Stu- different stu- yeah. like they, it's a different type of wrestling. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it really is. I you wouldn't see one of them winning with a roll-up. No, no, it'd have to be yeah. a Stoyles clash. It'd be have to be a, fucking a, seven yeah, yeah, AAs in a yeah. row off the top rope. Yeah. But, to a uh, flame and hell in the cell. On the Bray Wyatt. Yeah. <laughs> as far as like chemistry between two wrestlers, like this is as good as you'll see ever. Yeah, um, yeah I agree. Like it's just an unbelievable match. Like all their matches, too are. fantastic. If you ask me. And what no, about your? What about the worst match in the night? Uh, the bull rope match was okay. shit. And I'm going to say, just because I was so offended by Dick Murdoch, that that is the worst match of the okay. And overall thoughts on the pay-per-view, of course. Overall thoughts on the pay-per-view. It had highs that were very high and lows that were very low. Um, didn't, like, you can't say it's a bad show because Flair Steamboat was unreal, yeah. but the rest of it didn't do a lot for me. I mean, it was right. easy enough to watch. I didn't feel like it dragged, but there was nothing else that was really great. So, yeah. If you took Flair Steamboat off it, it would be an awful show. But because that's on it, I would recommend yeah, it. Even though there are other good matches on it, it would be there are decent matches. On there's it. decent. There's a bit like WrestleMania Five, and that the main event is decent, but the and so is uh, Warrior and Rude off WrestleMania yeah. Five. But yeah. then the rest is, you know, if you took one of them off, the yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. no, I get what you mean. Uh, 
Yeah, I would I would say my match the night. I'd say it's probably Ric Flair. <laughs> no, it's definitely Flair and Steamboat. Yeah. Like you said, their chemistry is perfect. Yeah. Like they are made for one another. They should get married. <laughs> you know what I mean? Flair wouldn't have to in, pay in ring ceremony. Yeah. Like if they got married, Flair wouldn't be divorced. Like do you know what I mean? And they wouldn't have to yeah. pay a million fucking wives or whatever. And they'd also live happily ever after. They would, yeah. They'd forever. Because Ricky Steamboat's a family man. Don't forget. Yeah, that. Yeah. But yeah, like they're per- perfect, perfect stuff. <laughs> you all right, Dave? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, he doesn't get that music until oh, about 92, Derm. I can't wait. Derm's always t- too early for these yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. We can sing that at the end of an episode if you want. Oh, we will. Oh, yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Favourite match was that. It was fantastic from start to finish. As close to perfect as you can get, if not perfect. Yeah. It was fantastic stuff. Recommend it. Watch it. Twice, watch it, watch it three times, watch it every weekend. Yeah, watch it every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every day when you wake up, before you go to work, watch that match. No, it's brilliant, brilliant stuff. My worst match, I'm going to give to Butch Reed and Ranger Russ. Bull rope match was very bad. <laughs> yeah, bad. Very bad. It was bad. But I would say there was maybe two things I liked in it. Like I liked when. Murdoch dragged him with the rope and cracked him in the face with the cowboy boot. And I also liked Orton trying to run away outside and Orton pulled him, or sorry, Murdoch pulled him back and he went flying back because Orton looked like he was kind of scared and he ran away and he pulled him. And look, it was shit. Like, I won't, I won't lie, but those tiny, tiny, like, I'd give it a one out of ten. No, I'd give it maybe a two out of ten. But I was bored for the majority of Ranger Ross. And Ranger Ross is as green as yeah. grass. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when we talk about green as grass, let's talk about the Ultimate Warrior there in a previous episode briefly. Rick Rude was able to carry him to a fucking really enjoyable match. But that also speaks to fucking Butch Reed That's as well. That's what I mean. Butch Reed did nothing in the slightest to cover. And it's not on Ranger Ross. He's green. Like, what He's can green. he do? Yeah, what yeah. Can, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's not his fault. No, no. But Butch Reed did nothing to try and cover his weaknesses or he just tried to get himself over. Yeah. And that's why it's my worst match. Overall, pay per view. I'd echo your sentiments in that highs and lows, weird booking in the sense, weird structure to the booking and where the matches went and that sort of thing. But the Steamboat match, Steamboat Flair match with the following angle, US title match, and even Sting's two minute match, and even Muta's showcase three minute match right. were all quite enjoyable. So I'd even recommend this pay per view, yeah? Yeah, I won't um, go on too much. Um, I obviously match of the night yeah, yeah. is is a given. Fucking steamboat and flare. Um, I'm gonna give my worst match of the night to the fucking cowbell. The uh, cowbell the, match. The, the fucking the, bull the, rope. the bull rope fucking match again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, bull I rope actually, it actually fucking <laughs> put me off wrestling. Oh. <laughs> That's, that's it, no, no, I'm, that's be, I'm being sensitive or yeah. I'm being dramatic. Yeah. It was just, it just pissed me off. I, I, I it was boring. It, I didn't get into it at all. Um, I, overall, as for as the pay per view, it was again peaks and valleys. Yeah. I think without the steamboat flare match, as Darren said, it, I'd be, I'd have a hard time recommending it. Um, it would be a very kind of sub mediocre pay per view. Otherwise, yeah. I think. Um, but the fact is. That match is was on, on the paper. Yeah. <laughs> so please go and watch it and do yourself a favour because it's yeah. fucking deadly. We done? We are almost done. Uh, we have a Facebook page. We have right. a Twitter. We have an Instagram. Just search "By God Almighty." You spell B A H G A W D. 
Oh my god! murder. Uh, yeah, and uh, like or share or tell us to fuck off if you want, but do something. Yeah, bit of interaction. So fucking yeah. engage for fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> or just listen. Just listen to our episode. No, that's, that's even good enough. No, no, sorry, I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that was Wrestle War '89, and we will see you at the Great American Bash. Yes. Bye bye. See you later. Yeah, boy. We'll say farewell tomorrow And we'll leave you for a while For our music it will take us off Far, far from this green isle To sing in places we haven't been And the ones that we well know And we'll always meet the boys from home Wherever we may go We'll be singing songs of Ireland To the folks in Camden Town When we play guitars in Boston bars The friends will gather round We'll be telling of the homeland From where they've had to roam When we get our sights on Sydney's heights We'll be far, far from home Now we're grateful for our culture And we're grateful for the laughs And we take them with us round the world They are our arts and crafts We know that all our emigrants They are so proud to be A part of all the songs we sing Wherever we may be We'll be singing songs of Ireland To the folks in Camden Town When we play guitars in Boston bars The friends will gather round We'll be telling of the homeland From where they've had to roam When we get our sights on singing sights We'll be far, far from home happy with our music It's what we love to do And although we sometimes leave this land We still return to you And we're proud that we can take a farm And leave with them a while A part of this fair land We call the Emerald Isle We'll be singing songs of Ireland To the folks in Camden Town When we play guitars in Boston bars The friends will gather round We'll be telling of the homeland From where they've
sights will be far from.